Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue, your series-by-series series check-in for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're an official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, which is part of the SB Nation family of team sites. And you can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. You can also find us at bleedcubbyblue.com, and we blast out every episode plus related content from our really cool Twitter account, at Cup of Cubby Blue. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs at Bleed Cubby Blue, and I am pretty stoked that the road Cubs won a series. Hi guys. I'm Andy Cruz Banasek and yeah, we won a road series. That is, I can't even believe that I'm saying those words right now. I mean, also like we're going to get into this in a second. Should have probably swept the series and it wasn't great at times, but by the end, the Cubs looked really good. So I don't know. Like I feel better about recording this than I usually do. Yeah, amen to that. I was thinking about that too, how how incredibly close we were to sweeping a series on the road, um, which, you know, is happy and sad, but we'll take the silver lining, which is we won an actual series. On the road. On the road, which, away from which, Wrigley. The Cubs, like to put this in perspective, the Cubs have not been able to do this since early May. So like, this is a really big deal. Um, and we're much happier than we were when the Cubs got swept in Philadelphia. Yeah, you won't have a lot of mouth breathing today. Yeah, a lot, for those of you that suffered through with us in the last episode, God bless you. We were both so cranky and furious. I mean, I yeah, that was that was bad, but that was really raw. I mean, if anybody ever doubts our passion for this team, they need to listen to that episode. <laughs> oh yeah, it wasn't a bad episode. It was just like, but we were cranky. We had just watched a really bad series. And anyway, we're never going to speak of that again because it's over and the Road Cubs win now. Um, so let's start. Let's just jump right into it. Game one, I the Cubs should have won this game. They had a two to one lead in the eighth inning after a two RBI Tony Kemp triple and and the bullpen just couldn't do anything with that. Um, Kyle Ryan and Brandon Kinsler just gave it all up, <laughs> including walking in a run, like walking in the tying run. I just, it's so frustrating. Yeah. And you know that like Kinsler was somebody that we've come, we had come to rely on in situations like that, that he could handle business. So it was, a, it was a little hard to to swallow that he was not able to do much other than give away runs. So that was tough, but um, I'm happy to see him back and on the mound, even though in that particular instance, I wasn't, um, I think today is a different day and I'm just happy that, uh, he's back able to pitch and, and hopefully we're going to see a much better Kinsler going forward. Yeah. I mean, you always kind of worry about a guy, his first, uh, appearance after being on the injured list, you never know how rusty they're going to be. And Kinsler was certainly rusty, um, and that was not great. And frankly, it was it was a bummer because Kyle Hendricks, admittedly not a strikeout machine in this game, but he threw seven innings. He only gave up three hits in one run. You really just want to get a guy at least a, a no decision in that game, right? Well, I guess he did get a no decision, but you'd like a win. Uh, yeah, I mean, 100%. And going into, you know, the, the bottom of the eighth inning with that win, you would like to think that someone could hold on to it for you but yeah unfortunately not the case in this situation yeah game one was not great um game two honestly felt more terrible than game one in a lot of ways uh John Lester really 
channeled his inner Houdini in this game. He had three or four instances, I guess three, and then one that was partially him and partially Tyler Chatwood, where the Pirates had the bases loaded with no outs. (laughs) And somehow the Cubs got out of it every single time without giving up so much as a run, which is great, but like, holy heart attack, tightrope walking ridiculousness. I mean, it was just incredible to watch because I was just like, when it was happening, pretty much giving them at least two runs in each instance. And to know that he got out of those was just like, it was a little... I, I have to say I felt really good about the first time and I was like, well, okay, so he can still do this. Like this is still something that John Lester can get out of. And then to watch it happen a second and a third time, I was like, wow, let's not, let's not do this again though. Cause it's not particularly fun to like bite all my nails off. So <laughs> it's good to know that you can handle it, but let's just leave it at that. Let's just, let's just not do that. Yeah, he's, I mean, Lester is a straight up gamer. It's one of my favorite things about him. And you sort of knew that he, like, you could see that he was just going to get this done somehow. And I, I I was very grateful for that. But I also just, oh my God, I was so nervous. Yeah, he definitely toyed with my emotions during this game. And especially it was a little um, hard to, to see this Lester with five walks. Like that was a little, that number, you know, (laughs) People, you can laugh. I'm kind of chuckling at myself as well because that number, we would have taken that at the beginning of the season. Like, yes, five walks. That's on the low side. Thank goodness. But right now that seems really high with how many walks our starting pitching has been handing out. So um, if we could bring that number back down, Lester, that'd be fantastic. I mean, I think five walks is always too high, even in a nine-inning game. That's just way too many. (laughs) That's way too many free men on the bases. Um, But I, yeah, I agree that relative to like earlier in the season, it might've looked okay, but I just, I've gotten so stingy with the walks these days that I just, I was like, oh, what is this? What is this with the free passes? Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's, it's really cool to see Chatwood with only one walk. Granted, he only pitched two innings, but we know how that used to go. So, um, it, it just, yeah, I mean, it's nice to now be conditioned to expect way less than five walks, whereas at the beginning of this season or even, you know, late last season, it, that was kind of the the median number that we were seeing from our starting pitching. So, yeah, just, just bring that number back down. That would be fantastic. I liked it better when our starting pitching was giving up no walks for, like, 29 innings. That was pretty amazing. <laughs> Um, speaking of, yeah, Tyler Chatwood had a great little run in this game. I mean, he didn't quite finish it out, but I thought he looked good coming in out of the bullpen. And frankly, given the state of the bullpen right now, I think he should get more high leverage innings. There's nobody else that I trust more out there, um, outside of maybe like Kimbrell when he's on and like Kinsler, assuming that like new Kinsler walking in runs isn't a real thing. I mean, one year ago, did you ever think that you'd be saying that right now? Like any of those words that just came out of your mouth? <laughs> I, I did actually. And and you I have receipts, I have receipts to back this up. So I had written a piece about Chatwood going to the bullpen last year. And so I did think that it was possible that he could like tweak whatever was going on mechanically and come out of the bullpen. And if you remember, I don't know if we were friends when this had happened yet, but um there was this really great moment the first time Chatwood came out of the pen and threw a successful clean inning and to end the game and like Wilson gave him this big hug and it was like all the feels on my couch. I took a I remember that. Yes. It. 
Yeah, I, <laughs> I took remember a screenshot of it and put it on Twitter. And it was like my pinned tweet for probably three months. Because <laughs> I was just like, this is why Wilson is my favorite. And it's never, ever going to change. Because it was just such a good moment of him being like, hey, I understand the situation. You've got this. I'm going to talk you through it. We're going to do the thing. And, like, obviously, Chatwood wasn't that guy last year. They, he wasn't trusted in high-leverage situations. You couldn't count on him to come out of the pen and be dynamite. But this year, he really has. He seems to have adjusted to the role. He's a totally different pitcher out there. He is. He has a lot more control and really seems to trust his stuff more when he's coming out of the pen. And I'm I'm a big fan of bullpen Chatwood. Listen, this guy is throwing gas, too. I mean, it's not like he's coming up there and, you know, laying out like 90 mile an hour fastballs. Like, he's throwing gas. He looks phenomenal. And I'm so happy that he's found a role in this on this team. I know people kind of chuckled at the idea of him being any type of closer or setup man, you know, under the salary that he is. But you know what? If the shoe fits right now, we need you to wear it. Because <laughs> right now, he's done so well. And I really hope that the, these past couple of appearances that he's had where he's been so solid kind of have earned him some trust among, you know, whoever it is that's deciding to put him in in these situations, whether it's Joe or whoever, I don't know. If that's the case, they need to be putting him in more of those situations so he can continue to do what he's been doing. I mean, obviously he can handle it. He has this stuff. He's just been really good. And I, I don't like the lack of, of his usage. And I think it, there definitely should be more. So hopefully going forward, they figured this out and now we're going to see more of him in the next couple weeks. Uh, yeah. So also in this game, offensively clutch Bryant came to play um, and he hit a home run. That was the first run that the Cubs scored. And then Ian Happ scored on an air, which sort of felt like a thing that has been happening to the Cubs recently. So I was glad to see them take advantage of that. And that was all the Cubs would need. They won this game. To nothing. Anything else you want to say about game two? Just a little concerning. Um, Bryant having two errors in this game. I know he had the home yeah. run, and, and sometimes that kind of you know wipes our memory clean of the fielding issues. But I mean, two errors, and I feel like they were pretty close together too. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't love that. I don't love that he's been so solid in the corner, and I don't know if it's you know the idea that. Everybody keeps getting moved around a lot, but that's that's no excuse. I mean, you have to play your position no matter where you're at and and do your job. And he obviously did half of his job, but the other half, I, I mean, two heirs next to his name is not a good thing. So hopefully he can find his rhythm and get that cleaned up. Well, and he also had an error in game three, which didn't wind up costing anything because the Cubs were so far ahead, but he has not been stellar at third base lately. I don't know if that has to do with the fact that he's played a lot in the outfield recently and he just hasn't been playing as much at third but yeah three airs in two games is not great clean it up chris <laughs> but but keep the clutch home runs we like those yes 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 i'm the, i'm the defense girl obviously <laughs> um so game three was the little league classic and I just thought this was so much fun. And in a weird way, it sort of reminded me of the energy that the Cubs get sometimes when they have those like Joe Madden theme trips or magicians or mariachi bands or animals or whatever he decides to do in the clubhouse. But it just sort of felt like they were having a blast with this. And it started in the afternoon, you know, on social media, if you were paying attention, um, there were videos of, Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, and Joe Madden going down the hill on, like, the cardboard slides. Like, that was awesome. You had Kyle Schwarber involved in, like, a push-up competition. 
with some some of the little leaguers. It was super fun. Um, and, and the hits just keep coming today. I saw a great one today with uh, Kyle from Kyle Schwarber's Twitter account where he was with the team from the Northeast from Barrington, Rhode Island, and they did like a, a Boston accent shout out to John Lester, which I don't have a good Boston accent despite living there. <laughs> For six years, so I'm not going to imitate it, but you can check it out. I'll retweet it from the Cup of Cubby Blue account. Um, they were just, I don't know. I had a good feeling about this game the second I saw how much fun they were having with all of the Little Leaguers. Yeah, I think this just goes back to our point, and we've said this many times on this podcast. These guys are like a bunch of children. I mean, they're just a bunch of adult children. And it is. it was so fun and so entertaining and all the feels, I mean, still to, to, you know, today I'm watching highlight videos and, and reading different takes from, from this particular game. This was just such a feel good game. Every part of it was so well done. I rarely give major league baseball credit for things, but this was well done. I mean, just all the way around, it was such a feel good thing. The end of the game, I think probably got me the most when they did the little league handshake and did the good game, good game line. I love that. That was so amazing. And honestly, you know, the little kid in me like watched this game and it brought back so many memories and so many fun times. And I'm like, you know, half of America right now is probably reliving their little league childhood. And they could seriously, Major League Baseball could not have done this better. It was just it's so well done all the way around. And, you know, if I know that there's there's fans of other teams that have basically been raised to hate the Cubs, which, you know, I get the rivalries and everything else. But to see these guys as people and to see them with these kids how can you not love them? I mean, how can you not love them as people? They don't necessarily have to be Cubs players, but to see them with these kids and what they did and, and how they treated them, even Chris Archer sitting in the stands <laughs> interviewing those kids. I mean, it was just all the way around. It was just very well done. And I, I was very impressed. And I'm so glad that I literally, I watched it probably twice by all the times that I rewound and went back. So yeah, it was very well done. I, I loved this game. Yeah, I loved the Chris Archer interviews, too. I also loved how excited Jess Mendoza was at various points in this broadcast. She was clearly just having a blast with all of the Little League stuff. And you could you could hear it in her voice, which was super fun. Um, and I just, I love that. I love how much everybody was having fun with this game. It was great. Um, speaking of fun things from this game. So in case you missed it, Anthony Rizzo hit a monster opposite field home run in this game. It bounced way high off the scoreboard and back into the field. And they showed him because Rizzo was uh, wired up too. He was wearing a mic, which was really fun, by the way. Like Anthony Rizzo like was taking advantage of the fact that he was mic'd up for sure. But he took that ball and wanted to give it to some of the members of Team Japan that he had met earlier. And so he asked you, Darvish, if he would go over and translate for him. And between innings, they did that. And it was just the cutest thing to see, like, you, Darvish, translating for Anthony Rizzo as he gives this home run ball to this kid. It was so great. Did you see, and I I loved this, took a screenshot of it, rewound it, listened to it like five times. The guys on ESPN had it after the game when Rizzo was wearing the mic and um, – I think Bias was on second, Rizzo was on first, and it was in, be in between innings, and they were taking their helmets off and getting ready to play defense. And Rizzo walked up to Bias and said, that was a sick knock, dude. And Bias grabbed the mic off, like grabbed 
Rizzo's shirt <laughs> and was speaking into his mic and was like, do you hear that? That was a knock. It was just, it was the cutest thing. I'm like, these guys could not be more of big kids. Like they are just such big kids out there. And I love it. Like that is what the game is all about. And as far as I'm concerned, like I was, I was just on cloud nine from the beginning of the game. And that wasn't even, that was before they even started scoring. I just love this whole thing. Like it was just, it was really well done. I mean, obviously you can hear how excited I am about it myself, but <laughs> I kept telling my kids come watch, you know, this is look at all these kids, look at all these kids. And it, the only part that broke my heart was that there was like no girls. <laughs> That's there the was one that... girl. There's one little girl who's no, playing but from Minnesota. One of all those boys. Yeah, no, there should have okay. been way more than that. So she, um, they actually, MLB did an interview with her that is in MLB, on MLB.com today. And it's awesome. At the end of it, she says something about how um, her favorite player is Jackie Robinson and how she just hopes that other little girls watching this game realize that they can do it too. And I was just like crying on my way to work reading this article. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's the only part. I mean, yes, I love that she's out there. I love that she's doing what she's doing and she is phenomenal. And I love that she has a voice and that she's using her voice, but it makes me sad that there is only one of her and she's the only girl that's played in this tournament for how many years? Five years. Yeah. Five years. That is way too long. That is way too long. And I will say, and I could not go back and find it. I kept trying to rewind to find it. I did at one point see a team of girls there and the camera just went over them super fast. And the only reason why I knew they were girls is because they all had braids in. They all had like double <laughs> braids in. And I know that looked well because my daughters always insist on me doing that to their hair. So they panned over them. I mean, it was probably just a t the size of a team that you would need to field, probably just nine of them. But there was a team there and they were wearing red. If anybody saw this, please tweet me because I really want to know who that team was that was there because literally out of all the shots that we saw of that crowd, those were the, that was the only team of girls that I saw. And that was the only thing that bothered me. It didn't, it, it wasn't a deal breaker. I mean, it didn't, you know, but it, you just, as a female, you just would love to see more females involved. And I, I tend to think that it will probably go in that direction, but you know, again, it's been five years since we've seen somebody. So, well, I, I didn't see the team of little girls that you're talking about. I wonder if I know they do the little league um, softball world series around the same time. So I wonder if some of those teams get to participate as well. If they don't, they totally should. I think that that would be an awesome addition to this game. I will say that I just like the other moment that gave me all the feels was, you know, the little kids ask each other to sign autographs for them. And there was just a line getting Maddie's autograph. And I thought that was great. Clint, yeah, Hurdle, was actually, cool. Clint Hurdle actually referred to her. He said that when she was pitching with all of that blonde hair, she looked like Thor. I was oh, like, yeah. how cool is that for her to have been compared to Noah Syndergaard? Like, that's awesome. I kind of thought she looked like Jenny Finch. Oh, nice. <laughs> one of my favorite ever on the mound. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I was showing my daughters, she had a handler and everything. Like she had somebody walking her around and meeting everybody in the crowd. Yeah. Like that's, that's crazy to me. And that is, I'm so happy that she has a voice and she's outgoing and she's not afraid to talk to the media and definitely give her two cents on, 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 you know, girls in, in baseball. So I love that. I think she did such a good job with using her voice at such a, an appropriate time. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Okay. So this is a Cubs podcast, not a Little League World Series podcast. So there was a baseball game in addition to all of the great stuff that we saw and loved. Um, 
the Cubs rocked this game. They were so, so good. Jose Quintana is flat out excellent right now. He threw seven innings, gave up five hits, didn't walk anybody, struck out seven. There's actually a really great piece on Q and how he's doing this right now. He's striking out a ton of batters um, relative to the number of batters he faces. And this piece is in fan graphs that went up right before we started recording on Monday. So you should absolutely check that out. We will retweet that from our Twitter account. I, I am here for dominant Jose Quintana. Yeah, I mean, it's no surprise that he did this. We've been seeing him do this for a couple games now. Um, it was nice that he did it on Sunday Night Baseball, especially in a situation where there was the audience was probably a lot bigger than it normally would be for Cubs Pirates. Um, it was just, it was such a, a great, solid Quintana performance. Like, I'm running out of adjectives, seriously. Um <laughs> He, I love it. I just, the the one thing I really need to happen is just for him to continue this and everybody jump on this train because he looks, I mean, between him and Q or between him and um, you, Darvish. <laughs> you and Q, yeah. Q and you, Q. Q and you. That's not confusing at all. Um, <laughs> they, they, it just two pieces of this starting rotation that at the beginning of this season, I think a lot of people didn't think they were question marks, but definitely weren't the rock solid ones of the, of the rotation. And here they are just dominating. So if that's, if that's how they're going to ride the end of the season out, I'm not concerned at all about this rotation, not even a little bit because the other guys will figure it out and they'll at least, you know, even the other three being average is still pretty darn good on, on any day. So I'm loving this. And Q just looks fantastic. He's just the way he carries himself, his confidence out on the mound. There's just, he's like poker face and I love it. It's, it's fantastic. It's so, so fun to watch. I will gladly watch that any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Totally agree. Um, in addition to Anthony Rizzo's long home run, Nicholas Castellanos and Jay Hay also hit home runs, which was outstanding P- props to ESPN for practically missing Jay Hay's home run. Um <laughs> just like noticed that the ball was going over the wall as an afterthought, which was classic ESPN. Um, The Cubs won this game seven to one. I honestly thought they were going to win seven to nothing. I do want to just say, you know, if anybody's nervous about Kimbrell coming in and giving up a home run and needing 15 pitchers uh, pitches to strike out a couple of pirates, I wouldn't worry about it too much. He's just coming off the injured list. He's never been particularly great in non-safe situations. And so I tend to kind of write off, what he does in those games where Madden just brings him in to get him some work in, which was certainly what he was doing on Sunday night, but keep your eye on Kimbrell to make sure that he is the pitcher. The Cubs need him to be down the stretch. Yeah. And bottom line, that was just to get him some work. I mean, there was, there was no reason other than that. He came off the dis. Or I always wanted to say disabled list, um, the injured list. And he basically just needed to get some live action. So that's what that was. And I I have no concerns at all. He'll be fine going forward. That was just kind of a a blip and we move on. I mean, seven to one, it's fine. It's all good. Everything will be fine. And two out of three from the Pirates. And I know the Pirates haven't been very good, but I'm just clinging to all road, road series wins right now. I'm so excited that they got that. Like, I just feel like that's a monster they had to vanquish. And now that it's been done, they can just look ahead. (laughs) Well, I tweeted this last night and I'll just go ahead and say it. I'm starting a petition that we need to play at this field on March 25th of 2020, because I feel like this field rejuvenated something with these guys. And I saw the fun Cubs last night 
And they look like a team that could get on a roll. And I hope I am right. They're going home. They had a nice series win against the Pirates after many months of not winning road series. So I think this might have been that springboard that I keep referring to. And I'm just fingers crossed, hope that I'm right. Awesome. Uh, We are going to look ahead to the next series. Uh, You were just talking about the Cubs coming home. They will start a series against the Giants on Tuesday. We're also going to take a quick look around the NL Central to talk about the state of the race. But first, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. All right, before we jump into this giant series, let's look around the NL Central. So uh, the Cubs managed to go four and six on their 10-game road trip. That puts them one game behind the cards in the last column. They're functionally tied right now. Um, If you're a projections type of person, which I kind of am because I'm obsessed with all things numbers and statistics, Fangraph still shows the Cubs as the favorites to win the division. And so does 538, but 538 is a lot closer. Those projection systems, for those of you who may not know, um, bring in a bunch of inputs about what the season looks like, and then they run a a simultaneous, I knew I was going to mess this up. They run a simulation of the season Uh, about 10,000 times until they see how many times a given outcome occurs. And that what that means is that for each of their 10,000 runs of the season, the Cubs have won the division more often than they have not won the division. So that's good news, but it's a lot closer than I would like it to be. Um, Andy, how's it going in St. Louis with all those Cards fans who are probably loving their share of first place? Oh, girl, let me just tell you, it is exhausting living down here as a Cubs fan. I can only ride one team's roller coaster. That's all I'm going to say. Down here, we have people crying about how they can't hit, how um, just the the poor managing. Everybody is calling for Mike Schultz's head already. Um, There's a lot of stuff going on down here. And surprisingly, there's not a whole lot of talk about the Cubs and and kind of their, their rough patch that they've had. All that I've heard, and I listened to St. Louis Sports Radio basically on my way to work and on my way home from work, and both times today that I was listening, it was two different personalities, said that they expect the Cubs to pull away at some point in the next couple weeks. I don't disagree with that. I would like to think that's the outcome, but that just kind of gives you the climate of what people are thinking here. Um, And I think it's probably they're thinking that it's more of a collapse than a Cardinals run away with it type thing. Um, They play Milwaukee this week. So I don't really root for anybody in those games because Milwaukee is only two games back. I I don't, I don't really know. I I kind of wish that they both could lose, but I know that can't happen. (laughs) I mean, I want Milwaukee to take two out of three. I think Milwaukee taking two out of three keeps them a safe distance back. If the Cubs can win two out of three, at least from the giants. And then it pulls the Cardinals out of first place. (laughs) Sort of. I think that my math is right on that. Yeah. It's just, it's just one of those things. Like it's funny because I guess I'm just not a big smack talker. Like, I am when it comes to certain things, but I've been a Cubs fan long enough to know that I have zero room to talk smack about anything Cubs related because the second I do, the tides turn. So I just don't. Like, it's just not, it's a, it's a personal rule of mine. But it's funny all the people that will talk smack to me about the Cardinals when, you know, the season started in March and here we are in August and you're just now talking smack to me. Like, I mean, that says something, people. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's Um, been some months. 
as Andy just told you, the Cubs are off on Monday. That's when we're recording this, and this will be out uh, shortly on Monday evening. But if you're looking for some baseball to watch tonight, the game to watch is the Brewers playing the Cardinals in St. Louis. Um, And then the Cubs are going to kick off a six-game homestand at Wrigley. Yay, we love the home Cubs. They have to face the Giants for three games, and the Giants just refuse to die. They are... Still two and a half games out in the wild card. They're seven and three in their last 10. Um, And as we saw in San Francisco, this is a team that is not going to go quietly. So let's, what are you looking for in this Cubs Giants series, Andy? Well, it's, it's funny because I kind of just went through the matchups right now and um, two of their, two of the three pitchers we'll be facing have losing records. And then Samarja is our Thursday matchup and he is at 500 right now. Now, granted that doesn't say a whole lot because if you look at who we're pitching, we have Darvish with a losing record and we have Hendricks with a losing record, but we, we all know, obviously we watch the Chicago Cubs. So we know that they're, they should not have losing records. Um, I just like our, who we're throwing out against them a lot more than who we're going to see from them. I'm not, I don't like, I don't really know these pitchers well, other than Samarja, obviously we know very well. Um, You know, as long as our offense can, can manufacture some opportunities, I really like where we're at right now offensively. Like we did see a couple long balls over this past series with Pittsburgh, but more than that, we saw some manufacturing of runs. We saw some timely hitting. We saw a, a lot of people going oppo, um, hitting hitting balls and holes, seeing eye hits, as we like to call them. Um, just overall, the offense just looked really well-rounded. And I would like to see that same thing at home and really use all of the field. I, don't get me wrong. I love the home run ball. I really do. But if if you're going to win games going into October, you, you need to learn how to use all the field and really um, take advantage of, you know, how the defense is playing you. And, and if this team can do that over the next six games at home, I really like our chances with having a very, very good home stand. So we'll see. We'll see if they're able to continue to do that. Yeah, just looking at the pitching matchups, I don't know a lot about Tyler Beattie or Derek Rodriguez. I sort of worry whenever the Cubs face pitchers that I don't know very well because like it seems like 75% of the time those guys wind up being like ace for a day and just kind of wrecking things. Um, Jeff Samarja has actually been one of the best starters in Major League Baseball since July. He has been on a just a tear. He has a 2.09 ERA since July 1st and I'm really hoping that the Cubs can put an end to that. Samarja has always been a little bit streaky and he's never picked never pitched particularly well against this particular Cubs team. So here's to the Cubs um, ending Jeff Samarja's really nice run of pitching that he's been on since July 1st. Um, I would like to see Cole Hamels get back to his pre-injured list self. I feel like he has not been great the last couple of times out. He's been really good at Wrigley Field this year. So hopefully he'll be able to do that. And I just want Darvish to keep doing what he's been doing. He's been unbelievably good like he has walked two batters two and only two batters in his last eight starts that's ridiculous I mean his stuff is nasty and I truly did coin the phrase ace behavior for him like that's that's his his motto now I love it ace behavior so um yeah I can't wait to see him pitch I'm always so excited for his starts because I feel like he just is gaining steam every single time he walks out on that mound. And I would really like to see him go eight innings. 
I think that would be phenomenal if he can keep his, you know, inning to inning pitch count low and, and go eight innings. I, I feel like that that's like the next step in his progression thus far. Totally. Um, in terms of batters that we're keeping an eye on, as always, I ran the last two weeks of stats for the Giants hitters and the Cubs hitters. Um, Kevin Pillar is currently, I, I, I can't even believe this, but he's over the last two weeks batting 429, 472, 796 with a WRC plus of 233. What? I, what? So be careful what? with Kevin Pillar. <laughs> Words you never thought you'd say. Look, I'm, <laughs> In I'm, just, I'm just here to report. I'm just here to report the stats. <laughs> and then um, little Yaz, Mike Yastrzemski has six home runs uh, over that same time period. So I know that the long balls are like, you know, a dime a dozen this year, but keep your eye on little Yaz as well. I love that nickname. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Because the first time I saw his name, I was like, he's got to be related to Big Yaz, right? Like, yeah. how common is that name? Not very many Yazes. Yeah. So, Yaz, too. Um, <laughs> in terms of the Cubs, it will shock nobody that the hottest hitting Cub is still Nicholas Castellanos. He is killing it. He is, uh, over the last two weeks, hitting 358, 404, 792 with a WRC plus of 199. And then this one, actually, I thought I just had to pull out because I'm so happy that the Ian Happ return is going well. Uh, he has four home runs over his last 39 plate appearances. He's only had 39 plate appearances over the last two weeks. You've probably noticed that he's been in favorable matchups and some, pl some platoon situations. But Happ has been one of the top four hottest hitting Cubs in that time period. And so I hope he can he keep that up. His strikeout percentage is actually down, down to 25.6%, which may sound high. Um, particularly if you've been watching baseball for more than a decade and you know that like striking out a quarter of the time is kind of ridiculous or at least was back in the day. But for Hap, that's quite the improvement. So I was glad to see that. Um, okay. So I have to, I have to tell this story really quick because it's fantastic. So they were, you know, when they were, Rizzo was mic'd up and they kept moving to my, to, to Rizzo when he was talking to his teammates. And I'm, I'm going back to last night, obviously, yeah, but yeah. I thought this was so great talking about Nicholas Castellanos because, you know, we adore him and he's been monstrous for us. So I don't know how it was, how it was set up, but Rizzo was walking past Nicholas Castellanos and he said, Hey, is this your first time on Sunday night baseball? <laughs> I was like, oh, no, he didn't. And he said it with a mic on and it's Sunday night baseball. So everybody got to hear that. And um, Nicholas was so cute about it. And he's like, well, at least in the last two years, it is. <laughs> so I mean, he's, uh, one of my pet peeves with Sunday night baseball is that they tend to show the same teams over and over and so we get a lot of Sunday night baseball with the Cubs, but I was shocked earlier this year when the Cubs played the Rockies on Sunday night baseball and a bunch of my Rockies friends were like, yeah, it's been like some stupid number of years, like five years or something ridiculous since they'd been on Sunday night baseball. And I was like, how is that even possible? And it's just, they're so, I don't know. They're so predictable about like, we have to do like six Yankees Red Sox games and we have to do a bunch of Cubs Cardinals games and I, I feel like it's, it does a disservice to fans. There are so many cool teams and people that I want to see play who are interesting, and I never get to see them because they're not one of the, like, six teams that ESPN has decided is a good draw. 
a hundred percent. I think I even remember saying this around the, the all-star break that there was people from the AL that I never even had heard of. And I'm like, it's not that it's, you know, and I'm not great at doing research on the AL because I just, I just don't ever, I'm not ever interested in it until playoff time. But if there was more Sunday night baseball with, you know, some of these guys on there, then I would have known about them or I would have at least had heard of them. <laughs> and so I remember thinking that like, it would be really nice to watch more of a variety of teams on Sunday night or even Monday night baseball, rather than the same ones every single week, week after week. Like every single week. I mean, I, you know, we make these bingo cards for Sunday night baseball kind of as a joke because we miss Lennon, JD and Pat and Ron. And it's hard to listen to announcers who aren't our normal announcers. But like, it is like clockwork. Those Yank like Yankees and Red Sox mentions that I put on those bingo cards, they might as well be free spaces. They're definitely going to happen sometime during the broadcast for reasons nobody understands because the Yankees and Red Sox are not playing in this game. They have to come up. And I don't know, man. The Red Sox are my fa- are my second favorite team, and I don't want to hear about them when I'm watching the Cubs. Yeah, I yeah, and you know that fans of other teams feel that way about the Cubs when I'm totally. sure they're brought up and discussed on on national televised games, but nationally tele- televised games. It's just one of those things where it's like you know, if a team has an up and coming star, somebody that is bound to be have some notoriety, it would be worth it to show their, his team on a nationally televised game. I mean, how better to build the game of baseball if, if not to show something like that to a national audience? I mean, that's, oh, totally. you know, and you know, baseball is so big across the country. Why not? Why not give, you know, different teams the, the opportunity to do stuff like that? Like, I don't know how the Cubs and the Pirates got so lucky to have the game that they had last night. That was phenomenal. I would have been crazy jealous of any other team if the Cubs wouldn't have gotten to do that because that was such a cool thing. And it just highlights such good aspects of the game. And overall, it's good publicity for whatever teams you throw out there. So it would be nice to see some obscure teams every once in a while get opportunities like that. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think about, like, this kid that the Reds have right now, this Aristides Aquino kid who was just, like, launching off against the Cubs when they were playing in Cincinnati, and how many people are not going to see that kid play this year? They might right. not even know he exists because right. the Reds just don't get that type of airtime, and that that is a shame because this kid is have, is on a run that is historic, you know, and, and if he was if he was a Yankee, everybody would be talking about him for, like, rookie of the year or something. Well, only if they could say his name and props to you for that, because that was phenomenal. <laughs> Did I do it right? I was worried I was, was going to mess it up. I'm um, like 99.9% sure that you got that right and totally killed it. Cause I would have tripped all over that. If, if we have any Reds fans who listen to the podcast and know that I said it wrong, you can correct us on our Twitter account <laughs> at cup of cubby blue. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, come on, national baseball people, get your stuff together and show more interesting things. Uh, that's what we've got for you for right now. We will be back on Thursday to look at this giant series and then to look ahead as the Cubs welcome another red hot team to Wrigley field that where they'll be playing the Washington nationals who are newly resurgent, but we'll be talking about that on Thursday until then you can follow our content on at cup of cubby blue. You can find me at at BCB underscore Sarah, and you can find Andy at at briz B R Y Z underscore blue. Have a great week and go Cubs. Bye.